Right, I want to start with a question. It's fairly straightforward, I hope. And it's this. What are some of the normal things that happen during a church service? Some of the normal things. Shout them out. What, what are the normal things that we do? Singing. Brilliant. What else? Praying. Is that it? What else do we do? Teaching. Fellowship. Brilliant. Those are probably some of the key ones, aren't they? We forgot about the family news, of course. That's, that's normally there. <laughs> I guess the question is, why? Why are these the things that we do together? If we go to most churches uh, all around the world, there'd be lots of differences, but actually you'd find a lot of similarities in what they do. And there's a reason for that. Uh, and we're, gonna be, we're thinking about uh, worship in the run-up to Easter, as we, uh, John mentioned earlier. And in particular today, we're thinking about worshipping together. Now, the kind of official term for that is often called corporate worship. That sounds a bit business-like, doesn't it? A bit businessy, like a big corporate entity. It just means coming together and worshipping. So I was, that's what I put, worshipping together. So we're going to be thinking, what, what's that all about? Why do we do this together? Is it just kind of worshipping God with a bunch of people? Does it matter what we do? I mean, say for example, if we decided, uh, instead maybe every second Sunday we went hiking, for example, in the mountains, well, hills, whatever we find around here, would that be worship? We're still kind of together, we're worshipping God, we're glorying in his creation. Would that qualify as worshipping together? What about a church picnic, a church meal? Is that corporate worship? Because we're kind of, you know, we're doing it together, we're doing it for the glory of God. I guess probably instinctively, right, we think, well, those are good things, but maybe there's something more to it than just those things. And that's that's kind of what we're thinking about today. Why, why there is more to worshipping together than just things like that, for example, uh, good as they may be. Last week, if you weren't here, we were thinking about worship in general. I'm going to give you a whistle-stop tour just to recap that. Here's the sort of definition that, that we came up with. Worship is our response to who God is and what he has done by humbly bowing in reverence, awe, and submission and serving him with our whole lives in the power of the Spirit. Now, I know there's, there's lots in that, but it, I think it's hopefully it's a helpful uh, thing to, to, to understand that we look at God, we see how great he is, we recognize that he has saved us, and then we respond by worshipping him. We live our lives to please him, we praise him, uh, and, and so on. And that kind of works out in three ways. We saw that our whole lives should be lives of worship, which just means it's not just, we don't just come together on, for an hour on a Sunday. Everything we do, we do in worship to God. We saw that we cannot fake our worship. It's not just about looking good in front of other people in the church. It's not about just doing things because we feel like we have to. It's about our hearts, you know, the control center of our lives. How God looks on the inside and sees whether we're really worshiping him. We saw there's no point really in, in faking it. And then we saw that actually worship ultimately is about God rather than us. If we make it about us, we've kind of lost our focus on, on who we should be worshipping. It's all about seeing and understanding just how amazing God is uh, and how incredible it is that he sent his son Jesus to save us. And we respond in our worship. But it has to start by looking at who God is. So we, kind of, we need that framework in place, kind of the big picture of what worship is. And then this week we're coming to think a bit more about what does it mean to worship God together? Why do we do these things on a Sunday? 
Uh, I have to say, I need to give credit to an article by an organisation called Nine Marks. They're a great organisation that help help us think about the church. And really, lots of the kind of points in the material here, uh, I've, I've uh, kind of expanded on perhaps uh, from that. So I'm happy to share that article with you. I think it would be helpful. Here's the headline uh, today, the kind of big thing you need to see, and it's this. We worship together by doing what God wants us to do. We worship together by doing what God wants us to do. Now, to do something well, you kind of need to know what you're doing, don't you? Uh, some of you, I, I know, came and painted our house before we moved in. And I'm really grateful. Hands up, actually. Hands up if you came and painted our house. Oh, there you go. Thank you very much if you, if you were in that number. Uh, and before, before that happened, though, we sent detailed instructions. We sort of said, right, these are the rooms that we're going to be painted. These are the kind of walls, this wall, this color, this wall, this color. We kind of, you know, laid out. This is what we'd love, we'd really appreciate it if you could do. And I guess if they'd gone in and just guessed, it would have been a right mess. The rooms may have been completely different colour, not what we had wanted at all. And we might have turned up and said, "Well, what have you done? What, why have you, you know, why have you painted our room the, the, the pink that we chose out for joy? Why didn't?" Uh, and we might get annoyed, but then I imagine the response would be, "Well, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you tell us what you wanted us to do?" Well, there's a similar principle I think with worship, and perhaps a much more important principle. Uh, there is a huge difference, isn't there, between us uh, and God. Think about that. Think about the difference. He is infinite and all-powerful and all-knowing. He knows everything. And we're the complete opposite, don't we? We're not infinite. We are finite. We are weak and frail. We definitely don't know everything. We can't know who God is unless he tells us who he is. We can't understand what sort of worship is pleasing to God unless he tells us. And the good news is, is that he does tell us. He tells us in the Bible. I think if we had to just guess how to worship God, we'd get it wrong. Our, our sinful hearts would just naturally kind of turn in on ourselves. I think we'd end up worshipping ourselves instead. And actually, you can look through Scripture and you see that getting worship wrong is really serious. Uh, last week we read some of the Ten Commandments. We read these ones from Exodus 20. Exodus 20 verse 2. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, this is very clear, isn't it? You should have no other gods. It goes on to say you should have no, make no idols, make nothing like that. And only 12 chapters later, chapter 32, you look at, if you look up that and read that story, God's people, they're sort of like, where's Moses? They're looking at their watches like he's gone, he's been gone for ages and ages. And they, they go to Aaron and they give him a bunch of gold and he forms it into this, this golden cow, this golden calf. And they start bowing down and worshipping and calling it God. And it's not, that is not what God wants. That's not what God is looking for in terms of worship. There were serious consequences, uh, for them doing that. In Leviticus 10, we see the same thing. Aaron's sons are the priests and they kind of make this offering to God, uh, that was not what was commanded they basically thought they knew better and they were struck down dead because they weren't worshipping God as he intended it's really quite a serious thing if you look through scripture you'll see again and again that it's really serious not to worship God together in the way that he instructs us to do that he doesn't just leave us to make it up because like I said if we were just here to make it up we'd get it wrong 
So, what does he instruct us to do? And actually, I think a good way to do this is to think about what the early church did. Because Jesus came. Jesus changed the world. And we look at what the early church did in response, and that helps us understand what is good for us to be doing together as a church. So, I'm going to put a slide up here on the screen. Uh, I've listed a few things that the early church did together, and I'm just going to give you a couple of minutes to try and work out which verses kind of connect to which. Does that make sense? So we've got reading the Bible, we've got listening to preaching, praying, sharing the Lord's Supper, celebrating baptism, and encouraging each other and praising God in song. So maybe with the person next to you, or on your own if you prefer, take a couple of minutes to look up those verses uh, and work out which ones are talking about which. Uh, And if you've got children, help them out, you know, do it it together. Actually, children, you probably need to help your parents do it. Uh, So I'm just going to give you two, three minutes. There's four verses on the bottom. It's on the sheet. If you want to connect the dots, if you've got one of the sheets in front of you, you kind of connect between them and then we'll, we'll look at them together. So just take a couple of minutes and have a look at those verses. All right, how are we getting on? Uh, what do people find in the Colossians 3.16? What, any particular one that they thought kind of connected with? Uh, listening to preaching. Very good. Anything else? Excellent. Well done. That's actually what I picked. Uh, but you're right, there is preaching in there as well. So yeah, it's, it talks about praising God in song, doesn't it? Uh, it's very clear, kind of singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. That's a, that's a really good way to be praising. Praising. And what about Acts 2.41? Anyone find anything in there? What have we got? Baptism. That's right. Celebrating baptism, it was instructed as Jesus returned to heaven, go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what we see the early church doing. And then next verse, Acts 2.42, what do we see there? Quite a few uh, things there, shout them out if you, if you know what I'm talking about. Lord's Supper, yeah, breaking bread together, praying. Anything else? Listening to preaching, brilliant, lots in that one. And then the last one, uh, there you go, listening to preaching. And also it says the public reading of scripture. So that's why we don't just have a sermon, we also make sure we read the Bible together because there's something really amazing and special about just being able to read God's word and to understand it together is a really good thing. So kind of a little web there you can see. I wanted to do that just because I thought it was good. Rather than just you taking my word for it, you can see even just a few verses that, that scripture is really clear in terms of what the church were doing. And let me encourage you that, that this is a very sort of basic list. If you want to go and search, you can find out some of the other things that they were doing. Uh, I'd love to, to see if you can, you can find some more. So worshipping together is doing these things, doing the things that God has shown us in his word. We do them together as a church family. Now, you might be looking at this list and thinking, there's, there's something quite big missing here. What about uh, things like spiritual gifts? Uh, and of course, I think all of these things involve spiritual gifts to some extent, but, but there are other ones, aren't there, like things like prophecy and things like that. Uh, and th- those are, that's a big topic, basically. Uh, I focus today on some of the, 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 some of the priorities that are laid out in scripture. And I'm not saying that, that spiritual gifts are not prioritized because I think you look at passages and you see that they are. But actually the understanding of passages like that is really debated. It's really, people take a wide variety of positions on on how those are understood. 
So I think it's going to be something important for us to think about in the future and look at and understand well. And I think it's our intention to, to do that as a church. But for now, you know, we're just getting back together after COVID and uh, us joining the church. Our focus, we really want to be on the, the core things that we, we know we're all going to be in agreement on. Uh, things like this, things that are, you know, the, the, the core things that we should be doing as a church. So come and talk to me if you've got questions about that. Uh, you know, it's not, we're not deliberately, you know, just sweeping that under the carpet. I want to be clear on that. Hopefully we've seen that God makes it clear about how we worship him. And I know that I sort of said last week, well, it's actually about all our lives. It's not just about the hour on a Sunday that we come together. But, it, but this time is really important. It is a, a really th- important thing for us to do. Because actually it does things that worship on our own uh, doesn't do. Uh, and for the, the last few minutes, I just want to talk about uh, some of the ways that that happens. Here's, here's a kind of key way that worship helps us, worshipping together. It displays the unity that comes only through Jesus. Displays unity that only comes through Jesus. So yes, worshipping God with everything we do is really important. And it's a great privilege to spend personal time in devotion of prayer and reading God's word and worship. But there is something really special, isn't there, about coming together as God's people to praise him. And that, that, that's so important for us to see that as we do these things, as we sing and pray and read and, and hear the preaching, we kind of, we're bringing ourselves together and we're showing the world around us that actually there's a uniqueness going on in this room. Because the only thing that brings us together is our faith in Jesus. That's true, isn't it? That, that's the beauty of church. If you look around, I, I guarantee you there'd be people here that you would never have met otherwise if they weren't believers in Jesus. You would, know, you would, you would have no idea who they are at all. Different ages, different backgrounds. And the only reason we're here is because we know we need Jesus. And that unites us. We are sinful. We've only, we can only be saved through Christ. Trusting his grace. Trusting in his sacrifice on the cross. And that's what brings us and unites us together. I guess there's a challenge there, isn't it? Because you might read that and think, well, it doesn't often feel like that. Something that should be displaying our unity can actually sometimes be a real point of division and difficulty. Maybe it feels like that if we don't always sing the songs that, that you know, we, we like the best. You think, oh, why are we singing this one again? I want to sing that one. Maybe it's, you know, maybe you feel that tension because the children are, I don't know, in the service for too long or not in the service for long enough or, or the children are causing too much noise at the back and, and causing a distraction. I would, obviously our children would never, never be like that, of course. <laughs> well, we're church family. We, 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 hopefully we tolerate and we, we enjoy that to a certain extent because we're a church family together. Maybe you're grumpy when the sermon goes on too long. I'm sorry if that's the case. Or if we're not praying for the right things, maybe that's what it feels like. Those sort of things, you know, it can be really difficult, can't it? If it feels like the church isn't, isn't kind of doing the things that we, we feel like we need to work in order to worship. Actually, sometimes something that's supposed to kind of reflect this amazing unity can be quite selfish, can cause trouble. And so I think there's a challenge here for us today to think about the attitude that we come to church with. Uh, when I was at university, uh, quite a lot of the students would kind of do this thing where they'd, they'd go to a big church uh, in the morning, they had a great band and really lively music and this lovely sort of time of worship. Uh, and then they'd go to a different church in the, in the evening uh, because it had sort of better Bible teaching. And that was their kind of rationale. I was like, well, I love the worship in church A, 
and I love the teaching in church because I go to one and then I go to the other and just sort of hop between the two through their time of university. Now obviously I've already said that worship is more than music, so we know that, but there's a bigger problem here, isn't there? Because you see, that attitude was very selfish. It was more about what they got out of it rather than the unity that they could have shown as a church family. They weren't thinking of other people. And actually, I think the people who chose either to go to church A or, e- or go to church B and just sort of got involved in those churches and got, became part of the church family, I think they really grew much more in their faith through their time of university. You saw it in, in them, rather than the, the people that kind of hopped between the two and never really felt at home at either. But there's an interesting attitude, isn't there? I think that's something we need to examine our hearts. Have we ever come to church because it's something, you know, something about what we want to get from it? rather than thinking about other people first. We need to remember we're united around our need for the gospel. We need to worship God together because we all need him. That's why I read that passage from uh, Colossians. That's how we fight against this. Uh, you know, we, we, we reflect God's glory in our unity by doing that, those things we saw in Colossians 3. It talks about clothing yourself with compassion, being gentle and patient, bearing with each other, forgiving each other. Forgiving as the Lord forgave you. Putting on love, which binds them in unity. It says you are members of one body, you're called to peace. Being thankful, kind of let the message dwell within you. Be united with these things. Sing with joy. I think it's a really powerful passage that that kind of connects what we do on a Sunday with that unity and that, that special bond that we have thanks to Christ. So that, that's a challenge, isn't it? How do we reflect that? Can we grow in reflecting that unity more closely? We should pray, shouldn't we, that we don't come with a selfish attitude, but an attitude of unity. Secondly, worshipping together allows us to help each other grow in our worship of God. It allows us to help each other grow in our worship of God. This is really important. Actually, by coming on a Sunday, it helps us because it brings all the, the good things we need to remember to mind. If we if we you know if we if we don't meet each other too often we we can forget the gospel it just it goes out of our minds and our busy lives we come together and we're reminded about the importance of our hearts and how we're supposed to be worshiping God that happens all the way through our service how it's structured how the person leads and calls us to to, to, to come and praise God and confess our sin and listen to those praying and reading. So thankful for, for those singing and leading the musical uh, element of our, of our worship together. It's something that's so joyful, isn't it? We, we can sing together and remember that unity. Sermons, listening to a sermon is a really important element because it's how God speaks to us through his words. So how do we do that? How do we come to church ready to help others worship God? Here's a few kind of practical things to suggest come regularly, regularly attend the services. It benefits people to have a regular church family that you know you're going to see every week, you've grown relationship with, you, you have this church family. That's the beauty of something like KCC is that we do know each other well because we're a small church. Sing joyfully and loudly. Sing with joy. Even if you're not a great singer, how about that? But there's something, if we all sing with, with real kind of heart, real spirit, it draws each other in. We, we sing together, united around our need for Christ. And actually, even just considering the words that we're singing, sometimes 
you know, I'm thinking about, well, I've got to come up to the front and preach soon. I've got kids screaming at the back. And I'm not engaging with the, the words of the songs, you know. It's just kind of, you just got it on autopilot almost. It's not much good for your heart if, that, if that's happening. Uh, it's worth, you know, chewing over the words as you sing and, and letting them draw into your heart and do good things in your heart. Engaging with the sermon. I, I can see people looking at me. That's always a good sign that, that people are listening. Uh, but why not listen attentively? That's why we've got the, the, the note sheets for you to take notes on. Talk about it with, with people through the week or, or after the service. Talk about what it means to live it out. Pray for each other. That's what we want. We want a culture where it's just our natural response is to pray for one another. It's an instinct. That, that, you know, we're just talking and then we go, do you know what? We should pray, shouldn't we? Whether it's giving thanks or whether it's because we, we're in need. We want to bring things to God together. That's why we have a prayer team uh, on, a, on a Sunday afternoon. There's, just let me encourage you to use it. If you feel like, oh, I, I really benefit from someone praying for me this afternoon. There's no embarrassment. There's no judgment. There's no one going up, like writing it down on the back. Oh, oh, why are they getting prayer? Oh dear. You know, that's not what it's about. It's just about coming and supporting each other. And then helping our children. We don't want it to be a case to be where it's just kind of tolerating the service before they go out to the clubs. We don't want, we don't want it to be that. We want to try and help everyone see why we do these things. That command in the scripture, why they're so good and so important. That's why we want to help each other do that. And I know that's hard. So if you've got ideas, if you've got ways that we can improve in that, I'd love to, to, to hear that. I'd, I'd sum it up like this. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. Worship is a really important aspect of this, isn't it? Remember, it's a heart, our hearts worshipping God. How do we spur each, on, each other on to love God more? To, to serve each other better? To serve the world? Thirdly, worshipping together is a way of strengthening each other. It's kind of similar to the last one, but it's slightly different. Because that one was more thinking maybe more vertically. Vertically, yep. Uh, thinking about you know our relationship with God and how we grow in that relationship. But actually it's also kind of horizontal. In Ephesians it talks about uh, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. So we don't just sing to God, we sing to each other. We sing to draw each other and encourage each other. That's really important, isn't it? Because we are weak people. Uh, and we need that reminder, we need that, that, that sort of encouragement about the great truths of Scripture. We need to remember to persevere. And actually doing that together, coming together and, and per- encouraging each other to persevere in our faith is really important to do that. That's why, remember, I started reading that verse in Hebrews. The next verse says, Do not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the day as you see the day approaching. They're told, stop, you know, whatever you do, don't give up meeting one another. It's so important to come together because we get strength and encouragement from this. One of my friends uh, who I grew up with uh, became a Christian at university. And I remember her telling me, and I was so thankful, and I was really excited for her. But then we were speaking, and I said, "Well, which church have you, you know, which church have you decided to to to, to go to?" And she said, "Oh, actually, I'm not going to join one. You know, it's it's more about my relationship with God. That's the important thing. I don't really need, I don't really need a church. It's just about me, me and Jesus." And on the face of it, you think, "Oh, wow, that sounds really spiritual and, and wise, doesn't it?" But actually, it's a warning sign because we see it's not a good thing to cut yourself off from other believers. 
We need, we need each other. And, and church is a gift from God. Believe it or not, it's a gift because we need each other to, to, to grow in, in that strength and encouragement and, and understanding of the gospel. Sadly, I've lost touch with this friend. I don't know if she's still following Jesus, to be honest with you. Uh, I just don't know. But, but I, I pray that she is. But it's hard to know. Something important, I think, for us to, to remember, isn't it, that we come together, recognising that we are weak, recognising we need each other to encourage us, if we're going to run the good race, we're going, to, we're going to persevere in our faith. Finally, worshipping together gives us a taste of heaven. How's that for a final point? That's a good one, isn't it? It's often been observed, if you look at scripture, that actually it begins in a garden, the Garden of Eden. And it's, it's this wonderful place, but then actually it ends, like the picture, it ends with a city. Heaven is this place where the whole community of God's people come and dwell with him forever and praise him and delight in his glory and when we do that when we come together on a Sunday it's like a sort of photo, like a little snapshot of what that experience is going to be like it's going to be unbelievable here's a few verses from the book of Revelation that just help us understand this then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. That is a staggering sight. Every, everything in all creation worshipping. Isn't that a staggering thing? When we come together on a Sunday, we get a glimpse, just a glimpse, of what it's going to be like to be part of that final congregation of heaven. Somehow heaven will, will, help, us, it will help us understand what heaven's going to be like in a more real way. Help us maybe understand the value of what it means to follow Christ. It is good to think about this, isn't it? That actually, despite the, the brokenness of the world around us, that we are part of, that, that actually we are made for a different destination. We are made for the glory of heaven. And if we act in response to that, if we, we act in sort of light of that truth, that, then we live this out, don't we? We live, it, we live our lives for God's glory. That's why we need to remember, this, it's going to be so glorious to praise God forever with his people. It's especially good when life is really hard and life is difficult. We need again to, to remember those promises, don't we? That, that, that actually the final dwelling that he has prepared for us, it seems so far away. Maybe it seems like a fairy tale, but actually when we're together, maybe it just it helps us under, just remember. Oh yeah, it's going to be wonderful when, when we are perfect and just captured by the beauty of, the, of God and we praise him forever. It's going to be wonderful. And we're going to be doing it together if we're trusting in Jesus. Maybe it feels like a bit of a stretch, though, to say that church always feels like heaven. It doesn't always feel like that, perhaps, does it? But maybe there's a challenge for us. There's no reason why it shouldn't. But it it happens when we're united around our need for Jesus. We We will never get things perfectly right. We are sinful. We will upset each other. We will be impatient with each other. There will be difficulties and challenges. And we must come always to that, that place where we, we remember that we need Jesus' love and grace and forgiveness. We all need it. No one's exempt from that. 
That's, that's, we remember that and we're patient with each other. We show grace as, as God has shown grace to us. We spur each other on in love and good works. It's been a real joy joining you as a, as a church family. We've been here five, five months or so now, I think it is. We're really grateful to be part of it and we're looking forward to, you know, thinking about the future together as a church and growing into these things together and looking forward to the future together. It's, it's glorious, isn't it? But I think we want to be thankful that God has been kind to us, that he's given us the gift of the church to worship him together. So why don't I pray, why don't I give thanks for all that he's given us. Father, it is good to see how you show us in scripture what it means to worship you together as God's, uh, as your people. I pray that you'd help us to do that more, that you'd think, help us think about others as we come together. Help us strive towards the unity of the gospel and our need for Jesus. I pray for anyone listening today who is not a believer that they would realise there's something special about the relationships in the church that is not found anywhere else. That they see your love there. Help us reflect that, please. Would you, yeah, would you, would you help us just to, to be growing in these things, striving to, to give you more glory together, helping us, helping each other remember and to be encouraged as we think about the, the wonderful truths of the gospel. Please be with us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.